Welcome to episode 10 of the Future Firm Accounting Podcast, the place where you can learn how to modernize your firm and keep it on the cutting edge. I'm your host, Ryan Lozanis, and today I have the great pleasure of speaking with the co-hosts of the Cloud Accounting Podcast, Blake Oliver and David Leary. The Cloud Accounting Podcast is a top-rated accounting podcast worldwide, and it's a top 50 business news podcast on Apple. Over and above that, Blake is a CPA and currently a Director of Marketing at GRAV, while David has over 22 years of experience in the accounting software industry at companies like Intuit and AutoEntry. I'm a fan of their podcast as it's a great place to get a sense of breaking news in the industry, and I often feature them in my free Future Firm Weekly Top 5 email, where I curate the top five pieces of content you need to know about to keep your firm on the cutting edge. To sign up, please visit www.futurefirm.co slash top five. Today, I want to chat to Blake and David about how accounting firms can start and run a successful podcast of their own and what some of the benefits of doing so may be. And I really look at you guys as veterans in the accounting podcast space. I'm still a rookie here, guys. Try not to make me look bad and welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks for having us, Ryan. Having and uh, I have to say for the record, I think you have an awesome show. I love listening to it. Really appreciate that. Thank you very much. And um, and based on podcast success, I mean, you're yeah. at episode 10, which now, I mean, that's success. Most podcasts die forever, if, like episode eight. So Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to be hanging up my headphones and microphone after this one. So uh, maybe <laughs> I'll just retire. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. right on top. <laughs> you probably have crossed, I, seriously, you're probably crossed um, 85, 9% of all podcasts by doing 10. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know what? I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's not easy to find the groove, right? And I'm still looking for that groove, but, um, but I think it's important to kind of push through, test through, yep. you know, t- test things out. And, uh, you know, that's what I'm doing right now. Well, so, and I'll tell you, I don't think David and I found our groove until episode probably 50. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. All right. It took a while. So, and I right. have heard from other folks who have done podcasting much longer than me that you have to do a hundred episodes uh, and pretty much you have to do a hundred of anything really before you get good at it, I think. Yeah. Wow. Right. That's just so, life. I know like, you know, when I, when I was thinking about starting the podcast, actually, I was starting to write, okay, who do I want to have on? Who are some of the guests? And you guys were at the top of the list, but you know what? The first few episodes I need to, I needed to get a little bit comfortable before I get some other podcast hosts on. So uh, <laughs> I need to get a few episodes under my belt, but happy to have you guys on. And I want to learn about Blake and I would get a little snarky, huh? Yeah, exactly. There's a little bit of attitude there. But um, I want to learn about your podcast. Well, I know about your podcast, but maybe you want to share a little bit of information uh, with our listeners, what the Cloud Accounting Podcast is about, how many episodes you have under your belt, when was it released, who are your listeners, where are they? Uh, You know, give us a little bit of a sense of the Cloud Accounting Podcast. Yeah, I mean... And the short answer is the Cloud Accounting Podcast is a way for accountants and bookkeepers to save time, right? So in 45 minutes to an hour every week, you can download the Cloud Accounting Podcast and all the industry news that happened that week, Blake and I bring to the table and discuss it. And I'd say between the two of us, we probably go through 1,500 articles a week and we're bringing you the top 7, 10, 12. There's no exact number, right? It's it's whatever it, whatever bubbles up and is important to speak about. And you as an account or bookkeeper don't have to keep track of a bunch of blog sites, going and reading a bunch of articles, clicking around. You could just listen to us where you drive your car and you save time. Uh, the nice thing about it is Blake and my uh, back, my background and Blake's background really complement. So Blake is, uh, you said Ryan's a CPA. 
You know, he came up um, through the bookkeeping world. He had an accounting firm, a bookkeeping firm. He sold it. He worked at a bigger accounting firm, right? Uh, now he works for an app. My background was QuickBooks and apps, and I came up that direction. So even though I was never an accountant or bookkeeper, I really understand the space. So it's a good uh, marriage of the two uh, points of view of what's happening in this industry. And now David does the accounting for the podcast, so we've <laughs> switched places. That, is, is that actually true, though, David? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. wow. I do the... We did the labor's divided here, right? Uh, Blake did a lot, handles a lot of the editing. Yeah. That's why these shows are so amazing. Blake does all the editing, and I usually ha I'll handle the financial stuff and the sponsors and the promotion and social media and a lot of that stuff. Okay, cool. So when are you going to outsource the uh, the bookkeeping, David? I <laughs> logically speaking, I should stop doing the bookkeeping, <laughs> but it's so important for me to like do it and learn and try different apps and. Like it's just important to do yeah. it. It's not efficient yeah. of use of my time, yeah. but it's super, super. I need I need to do it for from a credibility yeah. standpoint. And, and that's why, even though I have gone to the dark side and I now work in marketing for an app, I still have one client that I do the books for, and mm. I've got a whole app stack. We do time tracking, bill pay, cloud accounting. Um, yeah, and so I've got like them on five or six different apps. See, I'm a and bit different I, than you, Blake. I'm. Um, when, when I sold my firm, I actually told myself I'll probably never do a financial statement, a tax return, or any bookkeeping ever again. So you have that one client. I think I'm going to stick with zero. <laughs> You've probably done uh, plenty of accounting in your life. You don't, yeah. you don't need any more. Yeah. So um, how did you both get into podcasting? Uh, well, I started a newsletter, and mm -hmm. I was finding it kind of difficult to keep up with the weekly pace of a newsletter. And there's and a I great thought, newsletter, by the way. And I borrowed oh. a bunch of concepts from it. So good job there. Well, I'm so glad you've picked up the torch because I was having trouble keeping up with it. And I said, well, there's nobody really doing a, a good accounting news-based podcast. There were tons of interview podcasts out there. Yeah. Um, and those weren't very good either. But anyway, not really like a summary of what's going on. I said, okay, mm -hmm. well, to force myself to do this, I'm just going to go on CPA Academy and schedule a weekly webinar where I do essentially record a podcast live. And then I'm forced to do it because it's scheduled and people are going to show up. And so, you know, I'd get 40 or 50 people on there and I'd turn the audio into the podcast. And David was one of my first guests. And David actually has been wanting to do a podcast for 10 years, right? Oh, yeah. He went to a podcasting camp. When was that, David? Probably 2007, yeah. <laughs> 2008, sometime in that. But yeah, I think for me, like, do you remember there's a ch cable channel called Tech TV? I do. Not I have know. no recollection Back of that. In the but... day. I, you guys are too young, I guess, right? And so I was a big fan of that channel. And a lot of the stars in that channel, as the channel kind of got shut down, I think it got bought by Comcast or something. That doesn't matter. But they all started this. Uh, there was all these new networks popping up. Um, this Week in Tech with Leo Lepore came up. That was a podcast. Um uh, they revision three was a network oh, yeah. that popped up and a lot of it, there was a lot of video, but then they started doing a lot of like podcasting. And that's where it's so, you know, I'm going back 10, 12 years ago, really starting to get into the podcasting space as, as it was. But I remember when I first met Blake, I think we were at the Expensify conference, you know, how like you're drinking some beers and you're like, we should do a podcast together. Nothing, <laughs> right? Like two years later, you know, I, Blake has me on this uh -huh. podcast as a guest. And as soon as I got off, I, called him up or send him an email. I'm like, let's just do this every week. And I was happy because then I wouldn't have to go find a guest mm. uh, to, to do yeah. news content with me, which is hard, right? Yeah. To to get the flow going. We just had the right chemistry. So we said, okay, we'll do a news-based show. 
and we'll just get on every week. And we have not missed a single week in 155 episodes. Fantastic. And I think you guys have a really good dynamic too. Like I think you have some complementary skill sets and I think like the discussion back and forth, it just flows really well. So I, I think, you know, like I said, there's a good dynamic between the two of you on the show. Um, so I think you're also getting into this at a good time because podcasts are really exploding at the moment. Um, popularity of podcasts. Why, why do you think that is? Do you happen to have any stats on like this medium's growth? Um, just curious to hear your thoughts there. Yeah. So 51% of the US population has listened to a podcast according to a site called podcastinsights.com. Mm -hmm. And almost a third of people in the US listened to a podcast in the last month. And one fifth listen to podcasts weekly. Mm -hmm. So overall, it continues to, to grow. So there's 90 million US podcast listeners now in the US. And I think personally, it's because people want to be more productive and we're spending so much time looking at screens our eyes mm -hmm. just are maxed out yeah. i can't i can't read all day well i can't work all day out in front of a computer and then read uh, to keep up with what's going on so i'll you know put on a podcast and then i'll go work out mm -hmm. that's like my ideal situation i'll ride my bike um go on the treadmill something like that it just refreshes me mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. cool. how about you david what do you do? I think I think for me it's it it's about the on demandness, right? It fits into my personal life and my personal schedule, right? I'm not I'm not beholden to any other way to bring it in. I can if I'm mowing the lawn, if I'm taking the dog for a walk, if I'm exercising, wherever I want, driving my car, right? I can yeah. play my podcast, pause it, pick it up where I left off. And the other part I've really liked about podcasting is you can go niche, right? I'm a big Buffalo Bills fan. Like the, the, the last, I know the, the last, the last decade, I haven't felt like I've been on an Island. I, you, you listen to these podcasts, you feel like, you know, these people, it's very yeah. intimate. Right. And I feel like these are my friends. I'm, I, I, every Monday I get on, I download these podcasts and I listen to them and I feel like we watch the game together and we have the same pains and, mm -hmm. and tears and, but, but it's very intimate, um, of a setting. Yeah. That whole extent. niche thing is really important. It, 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 there's a podcast for everything now. Yeah, it's amazing. I I used to play Dungeons and Dragons when I was in high school, and there are now podcasts where people play that game and record it, and you can just listen to people week over week in their their, their tabletop gaming session. I wonder like if how that's many, your thing. How many downloads they get? Right? Do you think? Right. Uh, yeah. I, some of them get thousands and thousands of downloads. Probably way more popular than you know. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's just accounting, accounting podcast. <laughs> yeah. So do you, do you see firms, do you see more and more firms now starting their own accounting podcast? You know, not as many as I would think. I've seen, I've seen firms start. I mean, the big four like to try it and then they tend to fizzle out a lot. Yeah. PwC has a one that's been going on for a while and I think that one is, is pretty good. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think it's just really hard enough. Firms have a hard enough time blogging regularly. Yeah. Right. But, but like maybe podcasting is going to be easier for some, right? Um, I think that you have to choose a medium that maybe comes across more naturally, uh, maybe even especially among the younger, uh, yeah. the, the smaller firms, right? You have to choose the medium that, you know, works best for you initially. Some For some, it might be blogging. For others, it might be podcasting. But I have a sense that this is going to become more and more popular as a mm -hmm. form of advertising for a lot of firms out there. So if a firm wants to start a podcast, 
what do they need to do? Like, what do they need to have in place in order to start a podcast? Well, these days you just need a phone. They, you literally can have an iPhone or an Android phone and download. There's an mm-hmm. app called Anchor. And you could download that app. And within an hour later, you could have your podcast mm-hmm. up on iTunes. So the barrier to entry is very, very low. Now, getting people to listen to your podcast <laughs> yeah. is a whole yeah. different game, right? Um, so I don't know. Maybe we could talk about some of the technical yeah. things first, as yep. far as like audio quality and those types of things. Then we can get into like, how do you yeah, get, even get listeners or absolutely. distribution? So yeah, let's hear about the technical side of things about how you get how you get a podcast up and running. So people are surprised to hear this, how cheap it is. Uh, they think they have to go out and buy a $500 microphone or a $1,000 setup. David and I use Blue Yetis, which mm-hmm. you can get for $129 on Amazon. Yep. And they're just this USB mic, and you can put it on your desk and plug it into your computer, and it, that's it. <laughs> like, you can record. Yep. Uh, you, you can buy some more fancy stuff, like I, I have an arm, a boom arm so that you don't hear my hands hitting the table or... It holds the podcast, uh, the mic up, and I have a little. Uh, what do you call these things that isolate the microphone with the little uh, foam cover of some sort? Or, yeah, like you know? a pop filter. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, some little add-ons, but like honestly, you know, all in, you're talking less than a few hundred dollars. Yeah. To go. Yeah, it'd be hard to spend yeah. two hundred dollars. It would be hard to spend two hundred dollars on a microphone and, and an arm and the isolator. And you know, the way we're recording right now, we use and you use this too, Ryan, is Zencaster. Yep. So what does it cost? 20 bucks a month? To, yeah, 20 bucks. And, and you're, where are you located? Uh, Montreal. You're in Montreal. I am in Los Angeles. And David, you're in Tucson. And we are all able yep. to talk to each other. It's like a Skype connection, but it records the audio locally. So we get the super high quality wave files that mm-hmm. we can then edit together. And I think the editing part is really important. Yep. Right? You don't want to bombard <laughs> people with like meaningless conversations. So... David and I cut out about 10 to 20% of every episode mm-hmm. just to save people the time of fast forwarding. Yeah. And I do that with uh, Adobe Audition, which you can subscribe to that for, I think, 20 bucks a month too. Mm-hmm. So it helps that I have a music background. I was a music major in college and I know how to edit audio a, a little bit. So that helped a lot when it came to getting started with this. But, you know, hey, if you're used to, like complex ERP systems or accounting systems and making journal entries and stuff like audio editing is, is technical, but it's no more technical than that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I think what's important for people to understand is why audio quality is, is important. Uh, a lot of podcasts, it's people on their phone, horrible microphones or not. Like I take time to make sure I'm in my closet so we don't get a lot of echo is it's the brain. So just like if you see a photo that's yeah. pixelated, Right? You're only seeing 10% of that photo, 25% of that photo. And so you just see it and you just see the mm-hmm. pixels and that's it. With audio, it's different. When audio is digitized and quality gets lost, if you can remember the, before we had 3G phones, we had, a, I forgot what that standard was prior to 3G. And Sprint was the first, PCS. Remember PCS oh, yeah. network phones? And it was the first time they were really digitizing voice. Hmm. And it was just horrible, right? Well, so a lot of podcasts sound like that. It's been overly digitized. And so when you listen to it, you have bad audio quality to begin with, then it's overly digitized, right? Then it's reprocessed. Then they're playing it through their horrible headphones, possibly. You're only hearing parts of the audio. You don't even realize it, but your brain's putting it back together. So you physically can be exhausted mm-hmm. when you listen to bad audio. Yep. 
it's because your your brain's putting all the gaps that's missing in the audio back in and you'll realize that sometimes you'll listen to a podcast and you'll take your headphones off. You'll be like, that was really exhausting. And so like, that's one tenant we have is we have to have good quality audio because you don't want people to have that negative experience when they're physically yeah. listening so, to So basics is have a decent microphone that can plug into your computer, let's say, have maybe a, a headset, headphones, um, something to record with. So we use Zencaster um and some editing software so i use a, a more basic version of what you use uh blake i use a uh, garage band on my mac so mm -hmm. it's free on mac and that's that's really all that i use personally and um mm -hmm. you know i think you can get a little bit fancier from there but i don't think i think to start i think that's a good a good base yeah exactly and, and when you're compressing the file down to 96 you know kilobits per second mm -hmm. then you know that w once you hit that baseline you're good right yeah that's the key, but just most people never go to that point. And again, I think editing is important and that's where you should spend the time is, you know, you don't just get on and record yourself uh, having like a fun chit chat for an hour because nobody wants to listen to that yeah. and have some, and maybe this goes into the, probably one of your next topics, which is like, what do you talk about? That's exactly, you, you got it, Blake. <laughs> so actually I want to know, like, do you need to have a podcast theme uh, before you actually start a podcast, like, is that like, we're talking about the basics of starting a podcast. So we yeah. talked about the hardware, the software aspect of things, but what about like a theme or a format? Like, do you really have to have that really nailed down at the outset? I don't think you have to have it nailed down, but cause you probably won't, you'll probably iterate and get better at it. Just like with me, like David and I didn't figure out our format for a while, mm -hmm. uh, but if you can figure that out, that's the key to success mm -hmm. because you want your listeners to know what they're getting and to get the same thing every yeah. week mm -hmm. or every month, whatever it is. Consistency is really important. So uh, that's that's what I would encourage. And, and you, can, you can experiment and change, right, as you go, but you need to be committed to doing 50 mm -hmm. or 60 episodes. I think a lot of people, they'll do two episodes, like we only had seven downloads. Well, I must do need to do this, and they 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 do all the iterations in eight episodes, and they just give up, right? And so I think you just have to commit to doing this over time, and you can waver around on what's the right fit. But to having a plan of attack in the beginning is still going to be important. Like really asking yourself some questions, like who is going to listen? That's to this the number one why? question. Mm -hmm. Is who is your audience? And I think you've done that really well, Ryan, because it's very clear to me that this is a podcast for firm owners. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so figuring out your audience, coming up with a bit of a theme, what about different types of podcast formats that you see out there? You know, you have an interview style format, then you have maybe, um, you know, a, a similar format as yours where you're rounding up news and talking about news in the industry. What about some of the other types of formats that are popular? And do you think they could work well with, um, accounting firms? So something that I haven't seen a lot that I think could be really great for an accounting firm is a how-to series, a how-to podcast for business owners. So like, who is the podcast for? Well, it's for your prospects, your clients. So think about your clients and the kind of questions that they ask you. Actually, maybe it's not a how-to, maybe it's a Q&A. Mm. So take the, uh, take the questions that you're always getting, say it's tax uh, questions, and do one question per episode and answer that question. 
So I want to get on the record here though, Blake, my next newsletter going out on Tuesday, uh, my next newsletter going out is actually going to be attacking that Q&A and I'm going to be trying that on the next podcast. So I'm putting this on the record here, Blake. Oh, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that, uh, I think that actually makes a lot of sense for firms. Um, David, what's your thoughts on that? And do you have any other ideas for like formats? I I mean, there are some people doing some Q&A type formats like that, or they deep dive on topics, but the ones that are doing it successfully in that format mm -hmm. are niche ones, right? Uh, there's a contractor success podcast that's out there and it's, uh, and I'm, he's into 350 episodes now they're at, right? And it's all about problems contractors face involving their accounting and bookkeeping, right? And, and running their contracting business, right? Um, the, there's formats though that are out there that I really am not a fan of. I've seen a lot mm -hmm. of bad things people do. Um, recording, a, you, you do a true webinar, right? With no intentions of it being a podcast. And then people just strip that audio out and just say, here's a podcast episode. Mm -hmm. Like those are bad. They're horrible. <laughs> like there, there, there's, there's nothing because and, and it's bad enough where the demon uh, says like the recording will start in one minute. They, wow. people don't even edit that stuff out of it. The, um, yeah, yeah. What's the go to meeting um, overlays, right? And so I think that's a format that doesn't work. Panels are okay. interesting. Panel discussions. They can be um, hit or miss. How many people on a? Right. How many people would be on they a panel? Right? I could see that getting a little bit. Yeah, I could see that be complicated. The editing gets challenging yeah. for that, right? Because you have people talking over each other, just like I rudely interrupted yes, you. Yes, right? we've done this a couple <laughs> times through the whole episode, so no worries there. But um, yeah, I could yeah. see that being a tricky one. Um, any yeah. And, and multiple host, I think, mm. is not great either. Um, there's a Buffalo Bills podcast I listen to. And I think what it was, it used to be like five or six separate podcasts and they combined like a Voltron robot or something. But it's the same logo. It's the same title. It's the same everything. But I never really know what episode's what. And like sometimes it's a pair of females uh, hosting. Sometimes it's this one. I, I'd much rather just have separate podcasts. Like there's no reason to yeah, mush them okay. all together like that. You know, and so so don't 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 team up with like, hey, we're gonna me and three other accounting firms are gonna combine together to make some Uber podcast, and we'll yeah. because it's like listening yeah. to different shows, right? It's just in one feed, and it, and it it's rough because I'm I don't know when I should listen. And, and I, I think that's listen. the important. And you, Blake, you had mentioned this uh, consistency is important, and I think content when it comes to content marketing in general, that consistency aspect of things is very important. Have you know, a regular release date, uh, have the same kind of theme that you're talking about. I, I think listeners need to have a, some kind of understanding of what they're going to be listening to each and every time they open that episode. So, um, so I think consistency is obviously uh, quite important. What do you think the hardest thing about starting a podcast is? I th the hardest thing is just overcoming your fear of sounding stupid. Mm -hmm. And also listening to your own voice can be really hard at first mm -hmm. because it doesn't sound, when you listen back to it, it doesn't sound like how it sounds between your mm -hmm. ears. Here's a little tip and a hack for everybody. When you listen to yourself back, set the speed to 1.4, yeah. 1.5, 1.6. It won't sound like you, so you can actually get past that weirdness and listen to actually okay. what you're saying. I haven't heard that one yeah. before, David. Is that what you did? Yeah, okay. That's your that's tip, tip, but did yeah. you do that? that that's my, that's did you my do that hack. with yourself before? Okay. Oh, that's why I, I do it always. I okay. can't listen to my own voice at real time speed. It's horrible. I, on the other hand, am an <laughs> egomaniac, so I love it. I'll slow it down. <laughs> <laughs> that's another trick too. You could probably slow your Maybe voice down, and then it'll sound different. And then you, you. 
Because then, then I can focus on what I'm saying, the yeah. content, right? And not focus so on my voice getting sounds. started is is one of the hardest parts, and I will fully agree with that one because I was thinking about starting a podcast myself for a long time before I actually had the nerve to do it. So I I I, I could relate to that. What else is a very difficult part of starting a podcast? Well, uh, going back to this theme, it's the idea that you're going to fail. Mm-hmm and not get any listeners. Mm-hmm. You're going to invest all this time and money, but mostly time into building a show and then it doesn't succeed. And firms do this all the time with all sorts of different marketing activities mm-hmm. and just give up. I wouldn't even worry about the listener numbers. Mm-hmm. Don't even make that one of your goals because the podcast can be really, really valuable just as a way to generate other kinds of content. Mm-hmm. Like what? We all know if well, if we've done marketing for a CPA firm or we've been involved in that, we know how hard it is to get people to actually sit down and write. They're all so busy. Yep. They're all working. They're, they've all got other priorities. To get somebody to actually write a 800-word blog post, you might spend months and months hounding mm-hmm. them, and it's just miserable for everyone. Well, what if instead of doing that, you could just set up two microphones, get that partner or that expert in your firm in the room give them the topic ahead of time and maybe come up with a list of bullet points about you know subtopics for that episode just get in the room and record what they know talk to them interview them about that topic you cut that into a podcast episode you transcribe that use a service like rev.com send the audio to rev they'll transcribe it for a buck 25 a minute and now you've got the basis for that blog post mm-hmm. So you have just created two pieces of content out of one. Oh, and by the way, you can take that audio and you can put it at the top of the podcast, You know, embed that so anyone who doesn't want to read can just listen to it. Uh, and I'm sure that you, know, you could probably, now that you've done that podcast episode, they've gotten comfortable. Eventually, you could kind of combine those topics into a webinar. Mm-hmm. And they've already practiced. Yeah. So, so if we could just rewind a little bit here, why would uh, an accounting firm want to start a podcast? Like, what are some of the benefits that you think a firm can see from from having a podcast? Just showing your expertise and that you're real human beings, mm-hmm. right? Putting a face on the firm. I mean, it's it's a voice, right? A voice, I think, is just as important. Shows your personality. Yeah. I, I... I think it's uh they can be used for recruitment, right? Yep. Um, or you, but but, but I don't mm-hmm. think one podcast does all of these things, right? I think you could have a podcast that talks about who your firm is and, and could use for, for recruitment. You could have a podcast going after a niche, right? Really going deep on a niche, or um, a podcast that's very kind of broad but still a little bit niche. Um, yep. Cruise Consulting has a startup. I think it's Startup and Friends podcast. Right? Founders and friends. And it's yep. very founders and friends, right? And that's very broad. Uh, for for starting a business and that type of stuff, it's not really a niche, but because of that, they really they do get clients, right? It's a it's a marketing engine. And, well, and it's it's a great yeah. podcast because Scott Orn, who's the COO there, gets on and interviews all these founders who are their clients or not, and you really like Scott's personality really shines, and you get a feel for Cruz and what it would be like to work with him. That's really cool. And again, he's 119 episodes in, right? I, I, I when yep. you, when you, every time you say like, what's the toughest part of this? I think the toughest part is just doing it. Like so many people just quit. People just, they, they just do six episodes and they quit. 
Like nobody sticks with anything. And then that's not just true just for podcasting. I've talked to accountants and bookkeepers that I'm going to do this niche, right? They're going to, I'm going to do breweries. Then you talk to them six months later, they're like, ah, oh, that didn't work out. And I'm going to do wineries now. Uh, that didn't work out. I'm going to do e-commerce. But they haven't stuck with a niche mm-hmm. for 18 months to actually get good at it right? And to learn the niche and grow their business. And it's the same thing with podcasting. Like you have, in order, if you really want to be good at it and, and get better at it and be successful at it, you have to do it. And Blake and I, early on, Blake wanted to skip a week. And I'm like, if we <laughs> skip a week, we're going to skip two weeks and it's all over. It's <laughs> over. Like you have to do it. And that's the hardest part yeah. is just doing it. And now, even when we travel, we take our mics with us. So I just want to go back on something you said, David, a podcast could help with recruitment. So recruitment and retention, you know, um, that's one of the biggest challenges that firms face today. How, how do you think a podcast can actually help with recruitment? So I, I think there's a, a good uh, podcast from the Bean Ninjas. So they're out mm-hmm. of uh, New Zealand or Australia. I'm not positive. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. what was good about especially in the beginning of their podcast, they... They started their business using a, there's a model called like the seven day startup. There's a book called that. And they documented everything as they launched their accounting firm in their podcast every week. And, you know, their hiring struggles, uh, their marketing struggles. And so if you listen to that, you might say like, Hey, I want to go work for that firm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, 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 so being talking about what's happening behind the doors at your firm, as long as it doesn't suck. Somebody yeah. might want to come work there, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. And for, I think a lot of firms have client acquisition in mind when perhaps launching a podcast. Um, obviously, you know, you do have to have some listeners before you can hopefully turn those into leads and potentially clients. How, how do you, what are some ways to, get people listening to your podcast? Because that's one thing you said earlier, David, that that's also a big challenge. Um, and that's, that's, that's something that prevents people from maybe moving forward with a podcast longer than seven episodes. How do you get people listening to your podcast? So I leveraged my email newsletter, my email list to get listeners. So if, if you're a firm, you've probably got a CRM system or you've got at least a, a list of prospects that you're you know, looking to get his clients someday, right? You're keeping, I mean, I don't know, maybe, maybe this is a little much, but uh, for your, for a smaller firm, but like, this is the content marketing strategy. You get an email list, you send them on a regular basis, at least monthly, some useful information. Very, very simple. It can just be your contacts and start sending them recordings. It take, go through your emails and look for the questions that clients are asking the, and you probably know them off the top of your head. What are what are the things that you know are top of mind for new customers or new clients, and answer those in podcast form. And then when you get a new prospect that has that question, you can be like, "Oh, hey, check out my uh, my podcast episode on this topic. Send them the link." And then you've saved yourself the trouble of rewriting that email again. And now they hear your voice too. So mm-hmm. uh, that's just one way to one way to do it. And I think. Like imagine um, you're up against another firm where the partner there just sent an email, but you have sent them an audio recording. Yeah. Like it's it's a differentiator. So leverage the email list if you have an email list. Um, yeah. What what do you think, David? How how do you think you can get um, people listening to the podcast? I mean, you really have to start with your own audience, right? So your email list, your Twitter, your Facebook, the people that are already somewhat in tune with you, mm-hmm. like. 
Because if you can't win those people, how are you going to win strangers? Right. So mm -hmm. I think you really have to start with the kind of the people in your own circles and then start expanding out from there. Um, but I don't think there's one magic thing that somebody should just do. If there was Blake and I would do it and we'd have 10,000 listeners. <laughs> so, but, but a lot of, a lot of podcasts are still word of mouth. People are yeah. like, Hey, yeah. listen to this. It's really good. Right. And, well, and we're talking about this as being beneficial for getting new clients and prospects and whatnot, but like, think of the podcast as a way to stay in touch with your existing customers, yep. your existing clients, yep. and a way to let them know about all the other stuff that you do as a firm. Because I know that most accounting firms, at least the ones that I've been in, are pretty bad mm -hmm. at telling their clients about everything they do and you know selling more to their existing clients. Yeah. That's way more lucrative than getting new clients. Yeah. I, that's a really good point. And I think if people don't have an email list, they could just create one with um, uh, the... Uh, the current clients that they already have and just shoot them off an exactly. email. So uh, I think that's a perfect way to perhaps get started and get some traction. Um, what about, do you have any ideas around this? You may, you may not, but you know, once you have people listening to the podcast, is there, any, do you have any ideas of how you can turn those listeners into, let's say they're, you're not, they're not your current clients already. How do you turn some mm -hmm. of those listeners into then leads? Is there anything that you have in mind there? I think I've heard a lot of, um, there, cause there's podcasts out there that are doing this, right? They're offering mm -hmm. some sort of tax help, small business one-on-one -on -one taxes. You know, there's podcasts like that. And basically you're going to run your own ad in your podcast, mm -hmm. right? Where you talk about your firm and you're like, go download my ebook, whatever you're, you're getting them yep. to go to a website and then capture yep. their information. Right. Um, that that's, mm -hmm. That, that's probably the best way. Uh, and then obviously you want to put links in your show notes and things like that. But essentially you build your own commercial for yourself in mm -hmm. your podcast. But don't make your podcast the commercial. No. Yeah, always have a clear, we call it in marketing, we call it a call to action, yes. a CTA, right? So if you write a blog post or an article, at the bottom of the blog post, you always say, hey, if you're interested in you know me helping you out with this R&D tax credit, let's say that was the topic of the article, you know, click here to send me an email. That's the simplest sort of thing. And then it just sends an email to you. Uh, you do the auditory version of that in your podcast where you say, uh, let's say you did a podcast episode about the R&D tax credit saying, you know, here's things that e-commerce businesses need to know about that or something. Then at the end of the episode, you say, by the way, if you know, you're interested in having us scope that out for you, give me a call, mm -hmm. you know, put in your, put your number or your email or whatever it is. And, and then, you know, that's, that's what people are going to do. Yeah. But yeah. like you said, don't make the podcast one big advertisement. No. Is there any, are there any other no-nos that people should maybe be aware of uh, when it comes to a podcast? Any, any big no-nos? I think that include show notes with links. A lot of people don't do that. They okay. don't give it good, their episodes don't have good titles. They don't have consistent uh, titling or they put episode numbers in their titles there's just a lot of, it feels like there's a bigger list of things not to do. Um, bad audio quality, obviously. Um, okay. Anything to add to the list there, Blake? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess it just, just make sure that it's very, like as with anything that you do from a marketing perspective, just make sure it's very clear what people are going to get and deliver on that. And, and just do one thing at a time. Don't try to boil the ocean. Mm -hmm. So every episode should really be in general, singularly focused on a topic. 
And that way you can do short episodes. I think shorter episodes are better than long meandering episodes. And as I say this, I'm realizing that, you know, that kind of goes against what we do <laughs> in our podcast. Uh, cause we're doing, you know, hour long episodes about multiple topics, mm -hmm. but that's because that's like people know to expect that. Yeah. But if, if you're starting a show, it's much easier to get somebody to listen to a five minute episode on, you know, the top five things that you need to do for tax planning in 2020 that I bet, I bet some entrepreneurs would listen to that. Got it. Um, so. what about like podcast preparation? How much, I'm curious, how much prep work do you guys do and what do you recommend there? Oh, you just reminded me of my number one no-no. Okay, let's hear it. And let's go back to that then. I'm just going to call them out on this. The Journal of Accountancy is the worst <laughs> at this with their podcast. Okay. Yeah, because on so many episodes I listen and it feels like people are just reading from a script. Mm -hmm. yep. You know what I'm talking about? Or PwC too, some of the partners who go on there. It, it's like they wrote the episode and they're just sitting there reading the script and it feels like that. And that is the worst thing you could do. Mm -hmm. So just do bullet points, right? Make a list of bullet points that you're going to talk about and then talk like a real human being. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why having the audience in mind really helps. Think about the person that is listening, a specific person, yeah. and talk to them. It's just the same when you write. Write to a real person in your in your mind and and it'll just come across just so much mm -hmm. more human and personal. Yeah. And for Blake and I personally with the, with our podcast, Cloud Accounting Podcast, we together don't do like some huge pre-production meeting. I imagine we could. We could have an hour pre-production meeting, get every story in the exact perfect order we're going to discuss, right? Talk about how we're going to transition from one story to the other story. And it could actually lead to a little bit less editing at the end, possibly. But before that, though, Blake and I are probably each in for a good three to four, five hours of, you know, reading news articles, um, really parsing the list because, you know, there's a mindset. If I can't justify the article to Blake, there's no, I'm going to let our listeners hear this about this mm -hmm. article. And like, that's where the majority of our pre-production is. I think is just mm -hmm. getting rid. There's so much crap news out there. That's not worth knowing about. And you have to plow through all that to, mm -hmm. to, to, to bring the top stories in. And then when you bring the top stories in, make sure you've read them, right? Not just the headlines. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's what we come to the show with each is we have, here's the article, here's the link and here's the bullet points. Yeah. And that's really all you need. Like in a Google Doc? You, yeah, in a Google Doc. And I would say don't do more than that. Don't script out anything except the parts that need to be scripted, like your opening and your closing. The actual discussion, keep that real. Mm -hmm. And sometimes if you make mistakes, leave that in because it shows you're human yeah. and it's fun. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so have have some bullet, do a little bit of preparation beforehand, have some talking points, but don't script it out. That That's what you would recommend right. in terms of preparation. Yeah, don't don't wing it, don't script it. And then we get to another topic of editing. And you mentioned sometimes it's good to leave some mistakes in. So what what absolutely needs to be edited? Um, like you recommended that ed editing is certainly uh, required to to clean clean up the episode a little bit. What is like the basics of ep uh, editing? What really needs to be taken out or mod or, or changed? Uh. Definitely the chit chat. David and I will get on and sometimes we'll just talk about our lives for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And a little bit of that can be nice yeah. for the listener, but too much of that and nobody cares, yeah. <laughs> you know? So try to get to the point, you know, quickly or save the idle chit chat for the end, yeah. right? Like get, get people value right away, yeah. I, I would say. I think uh, accounting firm owners need to worry about don't say something that'll get you sued. 
So every so often, Blake oh, yeah. and I'd be like, we got to cut that. That was not a smart thing to say. Huh. Um, the other thing I think you want to pull out is every so often, Blake will do math. Blake and I will do math. Okay. And it sounds great. And the numbers are perfect when we're talking. And then later on, Blake will be editing the episode. He's like, I pulled out a calculator. We look like idiots. And they have to <laughs> cut that whole part out. So, so anything that's going to get you sued, anything that's going to make you look like an idiot, you just cut that stuff out. What about like coughing, cell phone rings, stuff like that? Like, do you need to be specific about those kind of things to edit out at the beginning or even down the road? Or is that something you should just be leaving in? So I, depending on how much time I have, I will edit out ums Mm -hmm. because I find them very distracting. And, And David and I have gotten much better at not using filler words as we've done more and more episodes. But when you start, you might be shocked when you listen back at how many filler words you use. And not just that, the observations of others using them. You watch people that are making $400,000 a year as a host on a new show on TV, and it's bad. It's really amazing when you start, you're consciously watching your own. It's how bad other people are. So, So use silence to your advantage, meaning that if you can't express the thought, just pause like I'm doing right now. Take your time. Don't use ums. Later, it's very easy to chop out the extra silence. And you can restart. You can say something again if you didn't quite get it right, because you can fix that all in the post-production process, in the editing process. But it's really hard to take out ums that are blurred into a sentence or into words. Okay. So just take your time. You're going to make this really, really, really hard on me now because I'm (laughs) terrible with the ums. I've even Googled that stuff. And I've read some articles where they say, you know what, the ums are actually not bad to leave in, um, but I certainly see your point as well. I'm going to try and do the rest of this episode without an um, but I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be very difficult for me. It's really hard. And we do it all the time. I edit out the worst offenders, so people think that we're much more well-spoken than we mm-hmm. are. We are not. And you can tell in our live episodes that we do at conferences because we aren't able to edit those as well. And, but it's the power of editing. If we can do it in our writing, we should also try and clean things up in our audio if we've got the time. Especially, you know, what you're cutting out is I might be saying, um, for a while because I'm actually trying to scroll in an article or I'm trying to like, I'm on the wrong browser tab. There's just these little things that you're filling with noise, but then Blake has to cut it. So we're just smarter about it now. Like if I can't find the tab I'm on, I just be quiet until I find the tab and then start from there. And you can outsource your editing. You can find good editors on sites like Upwork, and they'll they'll take that stuff out if you want them to. Um, one good so. thing you should tell them about Blake is Sonic, right? Because that that gives you two birds with one stone for you get your transcription and some basic editing that might, that might be good enough for most people. Hmm. Oh yeah. So here's a site that's worth checking out if you want to start podcasting and do some editing without knowing how to use an audio editor or GarageBand or something like that. It's called sonics.ai. We're not using it right now for our transcripts because of some incompatibility issues with our host for the podcast, but I would if I could. Sonics.ai, it's a transcription service where you upload the audio and it uses AI to create a transcript. And then you can edit the text, strike out text, and it will strike it out from the audio as well. So you're editing audio via a text editor. And it might be good enough for somebody who just wants to start podcasting but doesn't want to go into doing a bunch of audio editing. Okay, good tip. Uh, And David, I'd just like to point out that the beginning of your last sentence started with an um. 
So actually, I'm not going to edit that one out. We're going to leave that one the, in. The long um that I left. No, that was throat. that was a short, short little um. So oh, I, I dropped one in. Right. <laughs> also, another one that's hard is the filler words at the end of sentences. Right? Yeah. Like the word right. Yeah. It's so easy just to end a sentence and say right. Mm. It's like a comforting kind of thing to do. And both David and I are really guilty of it. And I am hyper aware of it now because I have to listen to all of our episodes twice. Once when we do them and once when I edit them. It's helped me become a much better public speaker. And I think we should embrace the silence. If you listen to great public speakers, like Obama is a really great public speaker, President Obama, he pauses for the longest amount of time. You can't believe it. Uh, although he does the ums as well. He does a lot of ums too. Yeah. He does a lot of ums. So actually not a good example. Uh, <laughs> well, not for a podcast. <laughs> not for a podcast necessarily. But okay. uh, I'm curious of your opinions on the best, uh, which accounting firms are putting out good podcasts right now? Do you have, do you have any on the top? You, you said Bean Ninjas. Who else is putting out a good accounting uh, you said podcast? Bean Ninjas, yeah. Cruise Consulting. We, we got those. Uh, and Damian Martin. Does Simply Tax? Okay. That's a BKD podcast. That's really good. Why are it's they fun. good? I think Damien is just like very fun. He keeps it fun and light and exciting, and manages to talk about tax in an interesting way, which I think is a huge accomplishment. So, I think there, that's all I can. There's some niche ones. I, I mentioned the uh, the Contractors podcast, and then um, there's a a dental practice one that's out there that's really good how to start a dental practice i think those ones are done well um because but honestly they're done it's really well. wide open good. it's really wide open there's a lot of opportunity yeah. not a lot of podcasts out there yeah i am i'm a bit surprised we're not seeing more accounting firms having their own podcasts so um maybe we'll see that in 2020 they are, but there's not a lot of good ones. There's a lot of bad ones because because I, oh, I, I, I I keep track of these. I use them. I listen. I listen to them at least once or twice, you know. And these they they die after six seven episodes. I have a podcast player full of dead accounting firm podcasts mm. or somebody that's at a firm. It's almost like it's their flavor of the week, and then they either get bored with it or they they buckle down one day, record eight episodes. I'm gonna and then because that's a formula people try to follow. This like oh, just get all your episodes pre queued up and then schedule them out. Right. Like people are, yeah. but eight, two months later it comes, you're on a habit doing it. And then you don't record an eight, another eight episodes. Right. It's, there's just a lot of bad accounting firm podcasts out there. <laughs> what about podcasts? Do you have like a top three? Um, what are your top three favorite podcasts? If you have a top three and why I'd, I'd like to hear from both of you on that. Well, I'll go first. My favorite podcasts actually aren't in the accounting well, profession. Yeah. Do you want outside. to top three in accounting or outside of outside accounting? Outside of accounting. Outside of accounting. Yeah. Okay. So I listen to uh, The Indicator from Planet Money. And I also like, of course, the regular Planet Money podcasts. Those are just great economics podcasts that are fun to listen to. And sometimes there's uh, accounting in there. I also like Marketplace on NPR. So I listen to Marketplace Morning Report when I'm going somewhere in the morning, I'll listen to the regular marketplace. And these are all available as podcast episodes. Marketplace tech, really great. Just great way to stay on top of the news out in general, right? In the general business world. Okay. David? My turn? What a, yeah. Yeah. 
Go for it. My turn. So, um, I there's a Buffalo Bills podcast I'd never miss called Bills and Beers. Um, it's the Bills backers of Chicago, and it's very like I said, it's like a it's been a therapy group to to, to listen to that every week. I myself also am a huge fan of Planet Money. Uh, listen to that, and then another one that I never miss is a a podcast called No Agenda. And No Agenda actually has the person who invented podcasting on it, um, Adam Curry. So I know you guys are millennials, but way back there's this thing called MTV. Yes. Right. And they used to have these concept of these guys called VJs. They would host the videos on MTV when MTV played videos. So Adam Curry Wait, is M- one of those guys. MTV is like for reality TV shows, right? <laughs> it is now. It is now. But they used to play music videos. They used to have music on it? No. Videos, right? So he's one of the hosts. And so after he got out of MTV and years later, he actually started podcasting. He is the inventor of podcasting. Right. He's on it. And then he paired up with another person who's worked in media his whole life, uh, John C. Dvorak. So if you remember paper magazines, there's a magazine called PC Magazine. Mm-hmm. And the last column in that magazine was always John C. Dvorak. Lots of opinions on tech and the tech industry and computer industry. Um, so historical life in media. They paired up and they do a podcast where they deconstruct media. So a good example of this, we're all accountants. If we see a news story on TV and they cover something about bookkeeping or accounting and you watch that article, you're like, that's not right. Those people are crazy. Well, there's probably a news article about dentist and then there's dentists saying that's not right. So if you think about an hour long news program, it's all wrong. <laughs> like, and so they really deconstruct the media that that's served up to us out there because they themselves have been in the media space for so long. And so they really de- um, deconstruct mainstream media. So it's kind of a good listen. It's not for everybody though. I'll tell you right now. It's not going to be for everybody. I also thought of another one that I really like, the Wall Street Journal's Future of Everything. It's a great podcast. And just for fun, uh, Conan O'Brien makes a friend oh. or Conan O'Brien needs a friend. It's a fun interview podcast okay. with Conan. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to so, check some of these out afterwards. So uh, there's a really great website called Podchaser. Yep. And if you everybody's familiar with the Internet Movie Database, IMDb, it's like that, but for podcast. But it's nice. So you as a listener, like I can create my favorite eight podcast. And so you could just go there, find me, and you can see my eight favorite podcasts. So I'd suggest, Ryan, you do that. And hmm. listeners should just go there and create their own favorite podcast. And everybody should put the Cloud Accounting Podcast <laughs> and the Future Firm Podcast on their list. Awesome. Um, another question for you guys. I just did an um there. I thought I'd cut those out. But... <laughs> so you did really good for a long time, though. <laughs> um, well, boy, it's going to be a tough one. <laughs> oh, now no, no, I've ruined him. So, so uh, I can't do it, guys. <laughs> That's a filler word, too. So is a filler word. <laughs> But those are easy to cut out. I'm going to cut this all out. (laughs) (laughs) Trends, podcast trends. What are you following right now? Is there anything that you see changing in 2020? You've been doing some podcasting for a little bit of while, a little bit of time now. What what's changing in podcasting? Is there anything that you're preparing yourselves for? Well, if I was one of those accounting thought leaders over at the AICPA, I'd say 5G is going to transform podcasting. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> uh, I just think that more people are going to listen to podcasts. It's going to go more mainstream. As we said, 20% of Americans listen on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. I think that could easily get to 40% or 60% someday. So I'm just banking on that along with cloud accounting growing. Actually, the the percentage of people using cloud accounting is about the same. About 20% of firms are fully cloud. 
Yeah. So maybe we'll see podcasting and cloud accounting go together. 20, they're they're both you know cloud based technology. Twenty percent. I think it's actually even lower. Well, in Canada, I know it's lower than that. Twenty percent, I think, is high even. So that was according to a recent accounting web survey, yeah. and I don't know what the demographics mm -hmm. were other than that it was mostly small yeah. firms. So yeah. yeah. The the trend I'm following or watching really closely is Spotify's entrance into the podcasting. So Apple has Apple Podcasts. Um, there's lots of podcast players you can get, but Spotify has financial interest in making podcasting successful yep. because every time you play music on Spotify, that's a cost. It's an expense. It costs Spotify money every time you play music. But if you play a podcast using Spotify's app, if you play the Cloud Accounting podcast, it doesn't cost Spotify anything, but you paid a membership fee to join Spotify. So Spotify, podcasts make Spotify more profitable. But what's interesting is what Spotify started to do, they've started to create automatic playlists that have some of your favorite music and a podcast you might like. They're starting to really push it into people's face. Or you'll have your podcast of the day and it'll be podcasts you've never listened to, right? They're, they're, so they're proactively pushing podcasts out there to uh, their, their music listeners. And it's a huge network and people live in Spotify, they listen to things in Spotify, but maybe they haven't ever listened to a podcast. And I think that's going to be an interesting needle mover as they move forward because it's in their financial interest to push podcasts. Interesting. Um, so, so we're coming up on time here, guys. Uh, I'd like to hear what's next for the Cloud Accounting Podcast and how can people follow along and subscribe? Well, the Cloud Accounting Podcast is just going to keep getting better. We're going <laughs> to tackle all the news that happens in the accounting world. And I think this year, we're going to go to as many of these conferences as we can with our mobile rig. It was an experiment last year. Now we've really got it down and interview users, accountants, vendors, thought leaders, basically become a, a central place where you can hear from all these people. And David, where can... You know, did I did I get that right? <laughs> Anything to add? And yeah, I mean, I have to say, what's next is we'll be doing an episode next week. I mean, I think that's the expectation to have from us is it's consistent. It, it, it's it, and I think there's three things: we're we're consistent and getting it out. We have high audio quality and we provide value. Right? We we make sure the stories we bring are of high value to our listeners. And I think people can just expect more of that going forward. So search for us, Cloud Accounting Podcast, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify. Tell Alexa to play the Cloud Accounting Podcast. I think that works now. And we're on uh, iHeartRadio. We're, we're on everything. Yeah. You can find Or you can go there. to our website. Our website is cloudaccountingpodcast.com. And if you go there, you can scroll down to the bottom and put in your email address and subscribe to our email newsletter. And then we'll email you all the new episodes with links to view the show notes. And that's great for people who don't necessarily want to become a regular podcast listener but want to get updated about episodes and listen whenever they feel like it very cool well really appreciate you uh, ha having both of you on the show um, learned a few things along the way so appreciate that and uh, highly recommend uh, everyone go check out the cloud accounting podcast so thanks a lot guys thanks, thanks Ryan, thanks, Ryan.